a Radio 191 FM podcast. Now 9.45, which means it is time for the deep dive. And this week we're looking at Midnight Oil because we're having an Australia Day slash Invasion Day special. Um, and if you're wondering why I keep referring to it as Invasion Day, it's because in Australia there's a fairly contentious debate about changing the date of Australia Day because the current date, 26th of January, is when the first fleet landed in 1788 and it marks um, to many Aboriginal Australians and Torres Strait Islanders the start of an invasion where they were pretty brutally oppressed and stuff, which is why and stuff being horrible genocide and um, you know a loss of culture and all that stuff, but um, which is why I've chosen to talk about Midnight Oil because um, while they're not an Aboriginal band um, they are known for being an activist uh, political group um, and they've, you know, campaigned and uh, written songs about Aboriginal issues as well as, you know, other political issues. Um, so let's get into it. Midnight Oil was formed in 1972 um, as the band Farm. Uh, singer Peter Garrett joined the following year and they changed their name to Midnight Oil in 1976. Um, they were together from 1972 to 2002. Um, between 2002 and 2016 they did some sporadic reunions but nothing major um and then they fully reunited in 2016 and they were formed in sydney which i didn't say before uh the members were peter garrett on vocals jim magini on guitar and keyboards martin rotzi on guitar rob hurst on drums and backing vocals um they had three bassists in their original uh lineup Andrew James played bass on the first two albums. Uh, Peter Guilford played bass from 1980 to 1987. And then Bones Hillman played from 1987 to 2002. And then he plays with the current lineup, the reunited lineup. Uh, they're known for their political lyrics, uh, Garrett's distinctive vocals. Initially, they're sort of hard rock focused. Um, later, they moved to more alt rock sound, uh, really tight instrumentals, lots of world music influences, blues influences awesome experimentation they're a really cool band um looking at the political activism side of the band which i think is a really important part to consider in 1990 midnight oil played an impromptu gig um outside the exxon headquarters in new york exxon if you don't know is a huge oil company um, and they played in front of a banner that read Midnight Midnight Oil Makes You Dance Exxon Oil Makes Us Sick so they were protesting the Exxon Valdez oil spin, spill the previous year um, their early albums uh, focus on sort of more politics um, specifically Australian politics and the Cold War um, but they gained worldwide recognition with their 1987 album Diesel and Dust which uh, had the international hit Beds Are Burning, which focuses on, um, you know, the plight of Aboriginal uh, and, well, Indigenous Australians, I should say. And uh, the album, while focusing on a range of topics, really hones in some of those ideas about um, the struggles that Indigenous Australians face in Australia. Anyway, let's move on to some of the songs. So I'm going to play from uh, four of their albums, two songs each, to get a sort of wider look at um, the different sort of topics and styles of music they've played. Um, the first song I want to look at is Read About It from their 1982 album 10987654321. It's an absolute banger. I love this song. 
It's um, got a 7-4 guitar riff. Has these cool switch-ups between distorted guitar and 12-string sort of chorus acoustic guitar. The drumming and bass is fantastic, super groovy. Garrett's vocals are on point, as they almost always are throughout the band's entire discography. Um, it's great lyrics. Uh, I really love the political nature of the song. It's all about the Cold War, as you can, as you'll hear when you listen to it. But it's got some great lyrics like uh, "the bombs never hit you," "the bombs never hit you when you're down so low," which I think is a, is an apt um, point about uh, classism, I suppose, and some other ideas. Anyway, um, there's also some cool metric modu- modulation, which is changing the time signature. Uh, time signature. There's abrupt tempo changes um, between the chorus, verse, and bridge. Um, Another cool thing, there's a, there's a sudden stop in the song, and when they used to play this live, um, in pubs and stuff, because they played at so many pubs, they were known as like a pub band, because they relentlessly toured in Australia. Anyway, when they played the song, and there was a the pause, they would turn out the lights in the gig they were playing, so it was pitch black, and then the lights would suddenly turn back on when the band started again. You can look it up on some YouTube videos, it's really cool. Um... But yeah, they're an awesome band. I also love the use of hand claps and the lead up to the bridge and stuff. It's just a really awesome song. And then uh, after that, we're going to be looking at US forces from the same album. So here is Read About It from 10987654321 by Midnight Oil. You're listening to The Deep Dive on Radio 1 Monday on Monday Night Psych. Uh, we're talking about Midnight Oil. Here is Read About It from their 1982 album 10987654321.
U.S. forces give the nod. It's a setback for your country. Bombs and trenches all in rows. Bombs and threats still ask for more. That was U.S. Forces from Midnight Oil's 1982 album 10987654321. I really love that song. It's got a lot of cool, interesting ideas. Like, um, the structure is really unique. It's got that call and response between the vocals and the band, which is 
quite unusual for a verse. Um, Garrett's howls are really awesome. Sounds like just, I don't know, he, his voice really works for political or cultural calls to action. Um, I really love the synth slash keyboards at the end of the chorus. I think it's great sort of sonic diversity or, um, you know, uh, a great very variation in tone colour, shall we say. Um, there's Obviously, the song is about denouncing US military intervention in foreign affairs, um, by which is clear from some really awesome lyrics that I really like, um, such as the first line, US forces give the nod, it's a setback for your country, and then it's got some other awesome lines like, now market movements, call the shots, business deals and parking lots. Um, I just think it's a really awesome song, both uh, in its political message and its um, its musical content. Uh, let's move on to their next album, which is Red Sails and the Sunset. Uh, it was released in 1984 and it was their first Australian number one album. Um, I want to look at When Generals Talk first. Um, it's got lead vocals by the drummer, Rob Hurst, and this album had the only two songs he ever sang lead vocals on for the band. Um, I really love the percussion and bass combo, it's really uh, fat, P-H-A-T, fat. It's funky, it's bouncy, it's awesome. It's got these really cool um, chorus guitars. Um, I love the glitchy sounding sort of repeats in the vocals and the guitar riff, especially um, on the line when the general talks. There's all these cool sort of it repeats and it stutters and it sounds really um, cool. It kind of gives me visions of like... Um, perhaps, you know, Soviet propaganda or something being, like, stuck into your head. Um, I also like, it's got some sort of military-style rhythms and the drums and parts, which I feel like backs up the whole concept of the song about, uh, you know, dictators and generals. And then I really love the, the spoken word section by Peter Garrett in the middle, and especially the line, we don't have... Uh, many generals in Australia and he starts going on about um, you know, general insurance and stuff it's quite funny and then after that we're going to play Best of Both Worlds which is from the same album and it's a straight banger so yeah here is uh, When the Generals Talk from Midnight Oil's uh, 1984 album Red Sails in the Sunset which is their first Australian number one album you're listening to The Deep Dive on Monday Night Psych on Radio 1 91 FM here is When the Generals Talk He wants to win elections with a certain satisfaction 
action, the people are at peace. Long live the revolution. Daniel's very pleased.
That was Best of Both Worlds by Midnight Oil from their 1984 album Red Sails in the Sunset. And before that, we had When the Generals Talk from the same album. You're listening to The Deep Dive on Radio 1, Monday Night Psych. Uh, This week, we are looking at Midnight Oil because it was Australia Day slash Invasion Day in uh, Australia yesterday. So I thought we'd look at a, a protest band from Australia. Um, the next, I, I love that song, Best of Both Worlds. It's just a straight rocker. It slaps. Slaps so hard. Goes hard. Um, it's lots of heavy distorted guitar. It's got some Van Halen-esque squeals out there. Um, I really love the use of brass, which is, you know, the trumpets and stuff. I think it really gives it a sort of powerful, authoritative feeling to the song. Um, I really love how raw that rhythm guitar is. It gives me real sort of um, punk rock, you know, garage rock vibes. And I really love the uh, this, the fast, harsh solo coming out of uh, the second chorus. Super angular and janky phrases, awesome distortion. And Garrett has awesome raw howls throughout. You know, it just sounds really great. Um, especially just before that guitar solo where he's, like, howling uh, the chorus. Uh, next I want to look at Beds Are Burning, which is from the smash hit album Diesel and Dust which came out in 1987 Beds Are Burning was a major Beds Are Burning was a major worldwide hit it sent the album to the top of many world charts um, the bass line is super driving in the verse the chorus is so powerful it's an emotional plea but it's super catchy um, the song is obviously a focus on the mistreatment of Aboriginal Australians um, in fact Uh, Midnight Oil played this at the closing ceremony of the Sydney Olympics in 2000 and the band members all wore jackets that said sorry because the Prime Minister at the time, John Howard, refused um, to do an apology to the Aboriginal um, and Torres Strait Islanders uh, Aboriginal Australians and Torres Strait Islanders for the mistreatment over the past 200 years or slightly over 200 years of colonisation. It's got some really great lyrics. I spit... Uh, I particularly like the chorus, which is the time has come to say fair's fair, to pay to rent now, to pay our share, which is such a pithy way of saying, appealing to that Australian and New Zealand sort of idea in the culture that we should do what's right or do what's fair, um, which unfortunately hasn't been um, upheld for the past 200 or so years in many ways. But moving on, um, it's got some really awesome synth and brass to lead into the chorus. And um, the drumming in parts give me sort of um, African drum vibes, which, uh, mm, uh, expanding on what I said earlier, is adding in that uh, world music vibe that they um, have incorporated in a lot of their music, though I haven't actually shown much of it tonight. Um, I particularly like the fill leading into chorus, the drum fill. Um, Let's just get into it. Uh, Here's Beds Are Burning by Midnight Oil from their 1987 album Diesel and Dust. And after I'm going to go through a few uh, ideas about Australia Day and why it's controversial in Australia, because I think it's necessary context for this song. Um, Yeah, here is Beds Are Burning by Midnight Oil. You're listening to Monday Night Psych on Radio 1 91 FM. Yeah. 
That was Beds Are Burning by Midnight Oil from their seminal 1987 classic, Diesel and Dust. Now, obviously that song is about the immense mistreatment of Indigenous Australians throughout the 200-plus year history of colonisation within Australia. And considering that it was just Australia Day, or Invasion Day, as um, some might call it, I thought I would do a very brief rundown of why it's important to uh, recognise the mistreatment of Indigenous Australians in the last 200 plus years. Now, obviously, a disclaimer, I'm not an Indigenous Australian, so I'm not going to presume to know um, the true extent and pain and cultural loss they must feel, but I feel like I'm going to do a brief overview, a very, very brief overview of some key events and statistics about Aboriginal Uh, Australians and Torres Strait Islanders as of the 2016 census. So um, some brief background, because you may not know. Uh, There were an estimated 750,000 Aboriginal Australians and Torres Strait Islanders living in Australia before colonisation and they were inhabiting the continent as far back as 65,000 years ago, which is an incredibly long amount of time. Um, On Australia was colonised by James Cook well, it was claimed by James Cook on the basis it was terra nullius which means land owned slash inhabited by no one which was blatantly false and uh, it took immense amounts of court challenges to uh, 
to get this revoked in a legal sense in Australia. Um, January 26th, 1788 was the landing of the first fleet in Australia. Um, it's also the day that Australia Day is marked, so you can imagine why this would offend many people, particularly Indigenous Australians. Um, but Australia Day was not marked as a public holiday consistently by all states and territories until 1994. So it's a pretty recent concept in Australian history, to say the least. Um, Australian Aboriginal people were not counted in the census until after a 1967 referendum, which is depressingly late. It passed with a 90% majority. However, this referendum did not mean Aboriginal Australians were recognised as citizens or had voting rights. Um, For example, from 1944 until 1971, Aboriginal people in Western Australia had to apply to become citizens and the citizenship was conditional on denouncing their heritage and could be taken away at any time. So if you... I hope that gives a brief idea of the level of discrimination and uh, mistreatment that they had to deal with even into the mid-late 20th century. Um, And Aboriginal people and Torres Strait Islanders are still not recognised in the Australian Constitution. And to give you a perspective on how whack that is... Uh, New Zealand is mentioned more time in the Australian more times in the Australian Constitution than uh, Indigenous Australians, so pretty messed up. Anyway, let's move on to some statistics. Uh, there are six hundred forty nine thousand one hundred seventy one Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples as of Twix twenty sixteen census. Obviously, that's comprised of many different distinct cultural groups with their own languages and cultures and history. Um, Almost twice as many Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people rent their homes versus other households, so that's 57% compared with 30%. They have less access to the internet, um, 72% versus 84% for the rest of Australia. Um, Only 10% of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people reported speaking an Indigenous language at home because there's massive cultural loss from a variety of destructive, awful policies by the Australian government. Um, Almost half, 47% of Aboriginal people between 20 and 24, reported finishing Year 12 versus 79% uh, for the rest of the population. Year 12 in Australia is the equivalent of Year 13, so it's finishing high school. Um, The rate of vision impairment and blindness among Indigenous Australians is three times higher compared with non-Indigenous Australians. The burden of disease experienced by Indigenous Australians is 2.3 times the rate of non-Indigenous Australians. And there are countless other depressing st- statistics to show how um, how disadvantaged Indigenous Australians are. So I hope that gives a brief idea of why um, Australia Day is a contentious state and why uh, Midnight Oil's um, songs on you know Aboriginal uh, Aboriginal topics are quite significant. Obviously, you know they are also a white band, so they can't be in the same situation as Aboriginal Australians representing themselves. But I thought it was uh, nonetheless noteworthy, and I think it's important to acknowledge the history, even if it is only a brief way like I have done here. Anyway, moving on, we're going to look at another song from that album, Diesel and Dust, Put Down That Weapon, which is an awesome song. I love the picked chorus guitar intro, followed by abrupt shift um, into the verse. It's called sort of terrace dynamics. Um, There's a cool mix of instrumentation. There's acoustic guitars. There's these awesome sort of synth swells. 
Um, it sounds super haunting and ethereal, and it's got some. It's got a this really awesome delayed guitar effect to segue into the second verse. Um, the song is about stopping nuclear weapons, so it's more uh, heady political and um, ethical ideas tackled on this album. But it still became a hit. Well, the album became a hit. The song uh, was not a popular single, but I think it's awesome anyway. So yeah, uh, we'll play Put Down That Weapon, followed by King of the Mountain from the next album, Blue Sky Mining, which came out in 1990. Here is... Here is... Uh, Put Down That Weapon by Midnight Oil from their 1987 album Diesel and Dust. You're listening to The Deep Dive on Monday Night Psych. This is an especially long uh, Australia Day slash Invasion Day uh, deep dive into Midnight Oil. Here is Put Down That Weapon.
That was King of the Mountain by Midnight Oil from their 1990 album Blue Sky Mining. That's an awesome song. It's so percussive. It hits so hard. The chorus is super catchy. That main riff is so um, aggressive. I love the vibrato on the guitar in the intro. It's got a real cool bluesy feel. Um, the vocals are on point. You've got the awesome guitar bass drum stabs and that main intro. And it's super percussive and catchy. It's an awesome song. Um, we're having an especially long deep dive tonight, but uh, we're at the end. Um, I've got one more song to play. It's uh, Blue Sky Mine from, uh, shockingly enough, the 1990 album Blue Sky Mining. It's an awesome song. I really love it. It's probably one of my favorite Midnight Oil songs. It starts with this awesome harmonica intro and it uh, stabs throughout. It's got all these awesome screechy sounds. I love harmonica. More songs should use harmonica. Um, it's got this really awesome delay effect on guitar. It's just really cool. Um, the vocals are really powerful and the lyrics are great. Um, and just the combo of the guitar and the keys during the chorus just give it a real driving you know, uh, push and really intense feeling to the song. And the harmonies are great throughout. Um, the song is about asbestos mining in um, Wotanoom Asbestos Mines and the workers who contracted asbestos-related diseases. Uh, weirdly enough, this song charted highest in New Zealand. It went to number two for two weeks. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's just a really powerful message about corporate greed, and it's a fat song. P-H-A-T, fat. So yeah, this is the end of our deep dive for this week. This is uh, Blue Sky Mine by Midnight Oil from their 1990 album Blue Sky Mining. So I hope you enjoyed it. Yeah, you're listening to Monday Night Psych on Radio 1, 91 FM. Here is Blue Sky Mine by Midnight Oil. But 
That was a Radio 191 FM podcast. You can find more at r1.co.nz or wherever quality content is found.